Interpreted many ways in the tradition of the church. But I want to talk about the weeds and the weeds in the heart. Your heart. So we're hesychists here. Our spirituality is hesychistic, and our emphasis is on silence in the heart. So that the thoughts in the mind sink into the heart, your life becomes noetic. So when you read the books, they talk about gnosis and noetic and everything. Sometimes it's hard to define uh, these terms in the different fathers. So Brother Andrew, and he finally got a page and he sort of summarized the different fathers' opinions and he gave us some very nice definitions of these terms. But you see, you must live in your heart. Your prayer must not be in your brain. Your noose must sink into your heart and become noetic. So uh, the question is, what happened to the field? The field is your heart. Now, you living in a Western culture and not in a monastery, all the time they're trying to get a hold of your attention, your mind. And all that is contrary to the teaching of the Fathers. The teaching of the Fathers is keep life simple, read the sacred words, the Gospel and the teaching of the Fathers, and form your thoughts and let them sink into your hearts. So with Paul, you can say, I have a, a, a circumcised heart, dedicated totally to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now the weed, you are the, your heart is where the, weed, the, the weeds go and the logoi, the words. Jesus is called the logos, and the Logoi are the thoughts of Jesus' heart. Our Holy Father, who's now sort of retired Benedict there in the 16th, I loved him very much. Not only was there prayer, it came out in his speech, and there was deep thoughts. Read his little books. Uh, one of his elocutions he gave, I don't remember just where, he said, we must be like John and have our head laying on the breast of the Lord, his chest, and listening to the thoughts of his heart. How beautiful. I'm having a little icon done of John 
laying on the breast of the Lord, listening to the thoughts of his heart. It's the thoughts of our Lord's heart, which he taught us in the Gospel, are in our heart. There can be no room for guile or deception or impurity or anything. You become a pure person. Then the Holy Spirit comes. And the grain that's in your heart grows, that word, that logos, grows, and you fall into deep love. Then you suffer a new way, desiring more and more to say to God, not only that I believe, it's hard enough to say, but I love. I don't mean my motorcycle, or my car, or my house, or my things. I discourage my spiritual children from getting things. Just what you need. That's all you need. So when they come to the monastery, Christopher is entering now, he had so many things. He brought a whole truckload of things. I like some of them myself. Beautiful water from crystal glasses. So we'll use them. But that should not be where our heart is. Some ladies, every day they go out to shop. They have to shop. And our government's dependent upon them to shop. Buy things. And have the house so full of things that sometimes you have to hire somebody to come in and clean it out for you. It's almost that bad here today. But anyway. Where you put your treasures, it says in gospel, is in your heart. It's, not, it's easy enough to buy things and accumulate things, which most of them we don't need. But it's hard to get the treasure into our heart, to fall deeply in love with the gospel message. <clears throat> this gospel message is the Logoi. Now, unfortunately, in this life, there's two types of Logoi. One is from the devil, and the other is from God. We have passions. You see the poor monk on the, on the icon there? Look at all those arrows from the devils. And there's the little angels up there with the crown. They're putting a crown on said, because he's living the angelic life. He's rejecting all the logoi from the world. Poor thing. Well, we all are amongst in that same state, whether we're married or not. We have to reject the logoi from the devil, the temptations that come to our... And sometimes you say, where did that come from? Now my monks know this, but among the slides we go, it's five times. We're chasing the devil away. And we baptize a baby in the old, in the old fashioned way. We spit five times, the priest goes, <clears throat> spits all over the place, spits on the baby. Drive away those lousy devils, those lousy thoughts. And some of my spiritual children, they call me, 
and they tell me this and that, and I say, ah. Where is the wheat? Where is the words of God in their heart? Every day, here in the monastery, we celebrate the offices. We still don't have time enough to pray. Sometimes work here is heavy. We don't have much help. And uh, we don't do our readings. Well, we don't do our readings privately in the cell, in the cell room. Then where does the thoughts come from? Who is feeding your heart? So if I said, well, come to breakfast this morning. Sean's putting a little arsenic in the food, and you're going to be poisoned. And he said, but I'm hungry. Oh, go, go, go ahead, go eat. So that's just what we do intellectually. We don't worry We don't about the poison, the arsenic, and the thing. Oh, well, I'm mature now. I can take anything. You can't take anything, you weaklings. How are you feeding yourself? <coughs> so, the monks uh, have all these books we read, spiritual reading. I find out that if I neglect my spiritual reading and reading the Fathers and the Holy Scripture, I become weak. I become subject to temptation. But if I read the sacred scriptures and the commentaries of the Fathers and the holy books, I don't mean this popular religion, throw that in the fire. If it wasn't written before about 800 or 1,000, don't read. Waste of time. Oh, there are a few good books. I'm reading one on psychology. Oh, that this, uh, this counselor holds the heart and his person he's counseling in his hands. It's a very good book. I read it second time now. Because Cardinal Newman said, Cord, Cord, look, we do it. If it's not in your heart, how can you recognize it in another person's heart? If it's not your experience, how can you talk about it or recognize it in another person? How can you be a counselor, a spiritual director, without that gift of insight that comes through the gifts of the Holy Spirit through prayer? So, my dear brothers and sisters, the whole world is the stage, uh, let's say Shakespeare says that, but the whole world is in trouble. Now you know that. The whole world is always in trouble because the devil is at one side when I was a kid. He used to say there was a devil on one side and an angel on the other. You're supposed to make a choice. That's not bad theology. But what is in my heart rules me. It rules my, you know, you have to be in love. Religion is not the rules. They're put there for people who are not in love yet. Religion is in your heart. When you fall in love with God and the Holy Trinity comes, and gives you his word. When you read the scripture and the Holy Spirit is guiding you, you know the teaching of the church, you know the teaching of the fathers, and you read that scripture, 
it comes alive and it's a word for your heart. People quote the Bible to me all the time, mostly wrong. I always listen to them, you have to be wise, you know, mostly wrong. So we're shopping down at the store, cash and carry, we don't really go to supermarkets, they're too expensive. And uh, <coughs> this cashier there, he's a pretty nice fellow, he says, my pastor told me not to read the Old Testament. And he says, but I'm going to show you my favorite scripture verse. So he took it out of his wallet. It was a quote from a psalm. I said, well, you know, that's the Old Testament. That's the prayer book of the Old Testament, the Psalter. How misled people are because they do not know the prayer of the heart. Now let me describe to you what the good seed experiences inside of itself. Not all of <coughs> But those select moments, quietly sitting on your bench, or half asleep, or whatever, saying the Jesus prayer. A beautiful thought sinks from your noose, your mind, into the heart. And you have a love story. You have a love affair. Enjoy those feasts. They should be in the life of every Christian. And then we long for that, this interior growth. When you go to the Holy Gifts and receive the body and blood of the Lord, He's not only feeding your body to keep it well, but He's also feeding, giving you food for the journey to feed the mind. It's a perfect time after receiving the Eucharist to make Thanksgiving and treat if you have the need that help, which you do, think of not only receive the body and blood of the Lord, but the graces that reside with you, the sanctifying graces, the divine energies. It's those divine energies are the seed that grow the heart in deep love. And when you're in love, you can't sin. When you're in love, you can't sin. It's impossible. But if you let all these other things come in and out, your temptations, this and that, you talk to God too much, not concentrating on what He's telling you. So there's Jesus, holding out His hands like this, with the wounds before the Father, interceding before you before the throne, and there you are talking about, I need my bicycle, my wife is sick, and so pray for your children. Pray for your wife, that's important. But most of all, sink into the heart and say nothing, but experience the warmth of the divine energies of God. That is the seed. That is where you grow. Fear the weeds as though they were poison at breakfast. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs>